be in Romans chapter 15 to start out today. Romans chapter 15. I do want to remind you as well, we do have the uh, new uh, tracks and door hangers on the uh, table as you come in the entryway there. If you need to pick any of those up, take those with you uh, to pass out and things while you're out and about as well. Um, we are at Christmas, right? It's Christmas season, December. We're heading towards uh, Christmas. And a lot of times when I'm preaching in December, I like to do Christmas-specific sermons. And last week we did a sermon on salvation uh, as we were leading into baptism in the afternoon. And then, uh, so this week when I was praying about what to do, uh, I decided to go this route, um, kind of following up with last week's sermon. And today I'd like to preach on hope. When we think about Christmas, Christmas brings so the idea of Christmas, of Christ's birth, brings so much hope. And we're in a society today that uh, is lacking hope, desperately in need of hope. And we have, as Christians, the hope that the world needs. We, um, this morning I posted a video on Facebook talking about the, the social media, and it was created to be an opinion platform where people could share their opinions. It started out as a place to post what you were eating for dinner, but eventually turned into an opinion-based platform where you could share your thoughts and opinions on anything and everything. And then some platforms turned into a, a debate or argument platform. Others turned into other things and, and on and around. And as Christians today, I wonder, this isn't really part of the sermon, so this is all for free, uh, but I wonder if we are doing our part to spread hope to the world or if we are instead um, spreading more uh, angst, anxiety, anger, fear, whatever it may be to the world instead of hope. And so as I encourage whoever watched the video on Facebook, I'll encourage you today, would you just take some time and just talk about Jesus. Uh, don't post anything else today except for talking about Jesus. The, the Bible teaches us the importance of rest. God created the universe in three, uh, six days, and on the seventh day he rested. And God is our ultimate example, and he, he did that in part as an example, but he teaches us the importance of a day of rest, also a day of worship, a day that we set aside in the week to worship God. The Sabbath day, as it talks about in scriptures, Sunday, as, as we do here, we also, of course, meet on Wednesday, but it's not a whole day set aside to God. Sunday is. And so today, on a day that is set aside as a Christian, we set aside for a day of worship. May I encourage you? Again, I'm just your pastor. I don't dictate what you do in your personal life. Um, but I just request that today we, just, we take as Christians a day set aside for God and make it simply about Jesus. And today, take some time to talk about Jesus where you are. We're going to do that in the afternoon service today as well. But in, involved in that is the idea of hope. If on my social media page all I'm talking about is anger or anxiety, angst or fear or um, whatever, and if you're talking about current events, that's what you're going to be talking about, I'm not going to be spreading hope to people. I might be spreading um, an opinion that if they follow might, might lead to some nice, nicer uh, thoughts. But, uh, but hope, hope is what God gives us. Hope is what 
God provides for us. And we see it in Romans 15. Look in verse 13. He says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Here, in, and I don't typically do this in sermons, but we're going to only look at this one verse in Romans 15, and we're going to look at bukus of verses throughout the rest of Scripture today to look at hope, and we're going to use the word hope as an acrostic. So our four points today, H-O-P-E. And uh, we're going to use those letters to get into our main points today and discuss hope The hope that is talked about here in verse 13, we have a God of hope, and he can fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Let's ask the Holy Ghost for his help this morning. Lord, we're so thankful that we have your word that we can look at and learn from. And God, we're so thankful that we can have your hope that we can receive and have on a daily basis, or not a hope of guess, but a hope of a surety. And God, I pray that today as we look through these verses, God, I pray that I would take none of them out of context. Lord, I pray that as I teach your word today, I would do it clearly and I would do it correctly. Lord, I pray for your help and your power, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. We have this idea of hope. Um, I was listening to part of a sermon of a friend of mine that was preaching last week, and, and he was talking about hope, and he was using the example of, I'm not preaching any of his sermon, by the way, but I've stole sermons before, but not this one. Uh, and, and he was talking about, you know, things that you hope for, that you might hope that you get a certain gift, that you might hope that uh, um, you get to meet this person, that you might hope these different things. The way we use the word hope today is a guess. It's a 50-50 proposition. I hope that. This is not the hope that we're talking about today. As I said in the prayer, we have an assurance. We have a hope that is sure. Hope and faith almost goes hand in hand in this setting. That the God of hope can can provide for us that we may abound in hope through God himself and through the power of the Holy Ghost. So let's look at these four points this morning. Number one for H, uh, help. We can have hope because we have help. We have help from God. Uh, Turn with me and, and... and, if, you know, I'll try to, to wait and, and, and go slow enough for everybody to get there. But Psalm 46, verse number 1. Psalm 46 and verse number 1. We're going to turn to a number. I'll just read some to you, but we're going to turn to a number of passages today. Um, so just be ready for that. We're talking about help. I, I can have hope today in God because of the help that God provides. Psalm 46 and verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. This verse is such an encouragement, and you can read the whole psalm, but this verse is such an encouragement because it's a reminder. God is refuge, safety. He is strength that I need. He is a very present help. A very present help. He is there for me. He is here for me. He is present where I am, and He is a help to me when I am in trouble. You see, hope that the world is missing today, that, that um, depression is a result of no hope. Uh, in our mind, we, we feel like there is no hope. And there's other things that go into it as well, but, but it is that, that mindset of there's, what's the point? What's the reason? Why should we go forward? Why should we go on? Those sorts of things. It's a, it's a, it's a mindset of no hope. And if you look at our world today, it appears to be no hope. 
And I'm on board with that, the sense of saying that my hope is not in this world. My hope is not in this country. My hope is not in the elected officials of this country. My hope is in God. And my hope is in God because I know that God is a help to me, a very present help in trouble. I have stated for the last five years, I feel like, I I believe I have at least, that the Christians of our country have a greater need for a liberal president than a conservative president. And I'm not here to talk politics today, but I'll say it again for what it's worth. Christians underneath a liberal president tend to be more active in prayer and more faithful in godliness than they are underneath a conservative president. Because for some reason, the American Christian feels like if we have a conservative in office, then God's with us. Listen, God doesn't need a conservative president or a liberal president. God is God. And God's going to help us no matter who is in office. Personally, I'm sick and tired of politics. And it's not new to this year, by the way. It's been that way for a while. I'm sick of it. We talk and we talk and we argue and we argue and we discuss and we debate and we do all these things and none of it's about Jesus. Our hope is in God. Why? Because he is a help to us. He is the one who can help us. He is our safety, our refuge. He is our strength that we need to get through whatever thing that we're in. And he is a very present help in trouble. Why do I have hope? I have hope because God is my help. Number two, I have hope because God is omni. O-M-N-Y. Omni. Three things the Bible teaches us about God. Omni means all. Omni-powerful, omnipresent, omni-knowing. There's more scientific terms for that, but that's I'm going to level it down today. God is all-present everywhere. He is all-powerful and he is all-knowing, omni. Omnipresent, Proverbs 15.3. Don't turn there, I'll just read it to you. Omnipresent, Proverbs 15.3. You can write down the reference and, and look at it later if you want to. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, behold, uh, beholding the evil and the good. His eyes are everywhere. He sees all things. He is everywhere. Job 34.21. For his eyes are upon the ways of man, and he seeth all his goings the bible i believe is perfect without mistake now your printed version might have a typo your printed version may be missing a punctuation mark or something like that if the uh, publisher did something wrong but i believe god's word the scriptures are perfect and without mistake and i believe that god when he tells us that his eyes are upon the ways of man and seeth all his goings, I believe that means that God sees all that we do. I believe that God is everywhere at all times. I can't explain it to you scientifically. I can only tell it to you by faith because of what the Scripture says. He's everywhere. He sees all things. That goes back to help, right? He can help us because He knows what we're going through because He sees it firsthand. He is with us. He is all-present. He is also all-powerful, omni, uh, um, omniscient, no, um, omnipotent. I'll get it right. That's why I use the simple terms for me. Uh, he's all-powerful. Matthew 19, 26, Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. 
Jeremiah 32.27, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? The answer is no, there is not, because God is all-powerful. He is with all power. He has all power. He can do all things. There is nothing God cannot do. That gives me hope. It gives me hope because God is everywhere I am and knows and sees everything that I do and everything that I'm going through so He can be there for me because He is there for me. He's all-powerful, so I know that nothing that comes along the way in my life, God cannot overcome because He is all-powerful. He is also omniscient, all-knowing. Psalm 147, verse 5, Great is our Lord and of great power. His understanding is infinite. Jeremiah 23, 24, Can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him, saith the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth? And that, that goes both with everywhere, all present, and all, uh, all knowing. Romans eleven thirty three. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. Matthew ten thirty. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Why does that even matter? It doesn't. Except for the fact to know that God knows everything. It's not just a silly illustration, it's truth. God says the, every single hair on your head, I know the number of them. I'd like to know how many hairs are in my shower drain for my wife, but uh, nonetheless, I don't know how she still has hair, but nonetheless, God says the hairs on your head, I, I know every single one. One falls out, I know still what the number is. You brush your hair and four fall out, I still know what the number is. It looks like you may have nothing. There's still follicles there. God knows how many are there. He knows everything. You can't hide from him because he knows everything. Great is the Lord. His understanding is infinite. You know what infinite means? It means innumerable, never-ending. He knows everything, and that gives me hope. Have you ever talked to someone... And you began to wonder if they knew what you were going through or understood what you were going through. You're asking them for advice or counsel and, and you're talking to them and they start talking back and you think, did they even hear what I said? Did they even realize what I'm asking? Did they not get what I'm trying to get at? Then you talk to other people and you start to wonder, they, do they have the knowledge to help me? I work and uh, my job is to murder bugs. And uh, as I'm out doing that on a daily basis, and many of the houses I go to that have a new problem, new customers, never used us before, and we show up to do the service, and we get there, and what do they all start doing? They start spouting off all the knowledge they've gotten from Google. Well, they're doing this, and they're doing this, and they live here, and they do this, and this is how you get rid of them. So, well, why did you call me if you already know all this? 98% of the time, they have no clue what they're talking about. 2% of the time, they do. I was at a guy's house. Uh, he pulled out the products that he had, exact same products I had. <laughs> it was just about putting them in the right place. But anyways, uh, people feel like they know things. God doesn't feel like he knows things. God does know things. God created us. God knows the things that no human knows. He is all-knowing. And because of that, because he is all-present, 
because he is all-powerful, because he is all-knowing, it gives me hope. And it ought to give every Christian hope. We live in a hopeless society, but a Christian should not be hopeless. A Christian should have hope given to them from God. One, because God is a help. Two, because God is omni, omnipresent, omnipotent, and omniscient. Thirdly, we have hope because of the peace that God gives. Peace. 2 Thessalonians 3.16 says, Now the Lord of peace himself give you peace always by all means. John 16.33, These things I have spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. Psalm 4, verse 8. Here, we're in Psalms. Turn to Psalm 4, verse 8. See it for yourself. Psalm 4, verse 8. He says, the psalmist says, David, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. He's explaining the peace that he has because God is there to protect him. And he says, when I go to bed, I'm going to lay down and I'm going to be at peace tonight because I know that you are here to protect me and provide for me. It's a peace that only God can give. 1 Corinthians 14, 33 says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Sometimes we Christians are so excited about the fight chaos we forget about the need for peace God is the God of peace God is the author of peace God is the provider of peace when the world is hopeless I have hope because of the peace that God provides me no matter what happens in this country listen I'm not anti-patriotism I'm all for you if you want to be patriotic I think we should in some degrees, be patriotic as well. I'm all for it. I'm 100% pro-soldier. I'm 100% uh, pro-police when they're doing right. They're, we're not going to get into that. Uh, I'm 100% uh, pro-America. I'm for the rights that we have and the freedoms that we have. But I'm telling you, God could strip all those away tomorrow, and it wouldn't change the fact that he is the author of peace and can provide for me the peace in a hopeless world and give me hope. Should we fight for freedom? Sure. I won't argue with you on that, but I'm telling you, we spend too much time, sometimes, we spend too much time arguing American freedoms that we fail to do anything for God. I have hope. Why? Because, because God provides peace for me when everything around me is chaos. We shouldn't be scared senseless of what's going to happen in our country we should be resting in the peace that God gives us. That doesn't mean that we can't do what we can to, to, to save freedoms. But, but we ought not be scared. We ought to be at peace because of the hope that God provides. Lastly, I was, I was arguing back and forth on what I should use for E. I had a couple things in mind. I settled on this, eternal. I have hope because God is eternal. Would you turn with me to John chapter 6? 
there's kind of two different thoughts under this, and I could have gone, like I said, a, a few different ways here. John chapter 6. I have hope because God is my help, because God is omnipresent, uh, omnipotent, and om, uh, omniscient because of the peace that God provides, and then lastly, because He is eternal. If you look at the uh, other lowercase g gods in throughout history, the fake gods, false gods, and non-gods, if you look throughout all of them, what you'll find is death. What you'll find is something that can be torn down and destroyed. An idol, uh, uh, a building, uh, whatever. If you look at the God, the creator of the universe, the savior of the world, what you're going to find is that he is eternal. I cannot, my mind cannot comprehend, I doubt yours can, but maybe you can. God has no beginning and no end. I am created with a beginning and created with an end uh, on this earth. I had a beginning. You see the signs out there that say trust science? Science will tell you I had a beginning. It happened long before the third trimester. God did not have a beginning. Why? Because he's eternal. God does not have an end. Why? Because he's eternal. John 6 Verse 37 goes through, in a couple of verses here, goes through that not only is God eternal, but what God offers is eternal. God, uh, John 6, verse 37, starting in verse 37. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which has sent me, that of all which he hath given me I should lose nothing but should raise it up again in the last day and this is the will of him that sent me that every one which seeth the son and believeth on him may have everlasting life and i will raise him up at the last day if you look through the timeline of history and in the timeline that is to come in the future if you follow the bible's timeline the next event for the church is the rapture it is when Christ comes and blows the trumpet and uh, those that are uh, dead uh, will, will rise up, those that are alive will rise up and meet them in the air and, and off we go. That's what he's talking about here, the, the last day. I will raise him up the last day. Yes, we die physically on this earth. Spiritually, we can, we do live for eternity in heaven or hell. And we talked about that last week with salvation. But God says, that which I have, those that have believed, as he says there in verse 40, may have everlasting life. The Bible uses the term everlasting. It uses the term eternal. And as I've already said, I believe the Bible to be true, and I take it for what it says. John chapter 10, a few pages over, John chapter 10, verse 27 and verse 28. He says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. This is the greatest picture 
I'm going to backtrack on that. It's a great picture. <laughs> there are uh, Christ's death and his resurrection and all that's involved with that too. This goes right hand in hand with that. He says, my sheep, they follow me. And he says in verse 28, I give to them eternal life. that They shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out, take them out, remove them from my hand. No man can do that. I can't do that of my own. And no other person can do that either. I can't take myself out of God's hand. You can't take me out of God's hand. You ever seen or known someone, maybe a dad or a grandfather or somebody else that has just these man hands, right? Rough, calloused, uh, worked hard, thick fingers. And if they put a dime in their hand and they close their fist, there's no way in the world you're going to get their fingers open to take that dime out. Now, why would you work that hard for a dime? I don't know, but nonetheless, you can't do it. Because of the strength of the hand, the hand is, is, is clenched, sealed, you can't take it out. Now, take the God that is all-powerful. And imagine that at salvation, he has placed you in his hand, and he closes up his fists and he clenches it tight, and he says, nobody can take you out of this hand. Why? Because he's eternal. And what he offers us is eternal as well. What about 1 Peter 1, verses 4 and 5? The Bible says, To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith and the salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. What God gives us is eternal, but not just that, God himself is eternal. Hebrews 13, 8, you've probably heard this before. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, and today and forever, never changing. He's eternal. You've met people who change, right? Hopefully for the better. I've joked about it. In some ways it hasn't been a joke, but people that I knew in college have come through the church and visited. I'm thankful that I've changed since they knew me in college. I'm thankful that they've changed since I've known them in college too, but... Uh, I still have friends that go, I can't believe you're a pastor. So yeah, don't tell anybody. We change. Hopefully we mature and we grow up and, and we become more responsible and, and all those sorts of things. We become nicer and all those sorts of things. Why do we change? Because we need to change. We need to grow. We need to mature. Jesus Christ doesn't need to change and he doesn't change. He is the same as he was yesterday, he is today. And as he is today, he will be tomorrow. And as he will be tomorrow, he will be for eternity. Because he's eternal. Listen, God, God, he created the world. He split the Red Sea so that the children of Israel could walk through on dry ground. He sealed the mouths of lions so that Daniel was not consumed. He calmed the storm on the sea. He fed 5,000, over 5,000 people with just a small sack lunch. He healed lepers. He made the blind to see. He raised the dead. That God is my God. And that is why I have hope. He's eternal. You should have hope today. 
If you're a Christian, you should have hope. You should be full of hope. You should, you should have the hope of God in you. Why? Because he is a help. Because he is omnipresent, all-powerful, and all-knowing. Because he gives peace. And because he's eternal. If your God is the same God that I have, you should have all the hope in the world. Sometimes the problem is, is even though the hope is provided for us, we, we, haven't, we don't have it. I'm not saying that you're not saved. I'm saying that, that you're not trusting today in God to take care of you. You're not dependent on God today to take care of you. Listen, if you're scared, and I understand it's a scary time, don't get me wrong. But as a Christian, we have a hope. We ought not be walking around hopeless like the world is. We ought to be full of hope because we serve the God of hope. And the God of hope gives us the hope through the power of the Holy Ghost, which is made available to every single one of us. Do you have hope today? Christmas is a time of hope. For a Christian, every single day is a day of hope. If you don't have that hope today, I pray that you'll get it. Maybe you don't have that hope because you're not saved. Maybe today you say, you know what? I've never put my trust in Christ to save me. Well, today is the day to do it. We talked about it last week, but today is the day to do it. If you are saved, claim the hope that God offers. Would you pray with me? Lord, I thank you for your love. Lord, I thank you for your goodness. God, I thank you for your hope. The help that you are in times of trouble. The fact that you are with us everywhere. That you're all powerful and that you know all things. God, that you offer us peace. And God, that you are eternal and you provide for us eternity. God, to think that you today are the same God that created the world with just words. God, to think of the many miracles that you've done throughout history. God, to think of the miracles you've worked in this church just in this year. God, you are where our hope should be. And I pray that today our hope is in you. Help us, Lord. With our eyes closed and our heads bowed. Today, hope is available. Right where you sit, hope is available. Why? Because God's sitting there with you. Is your hope in him? If it's not, it needs to be right now. Have you been anxious? Have you been worried? Have you been scared about anything? Place your hope in Jesus Christ. Let him take that anxiety away. Let him provide that peace that only he can provide. Do you need help today? Ask God for it. You need peace today? Ask God for it. You need eternal safety today. If you've never yet placed your faith in Jesus Christ, if you've ever yet called upon the name of the Lord to be saved, if it is a belief that Jesus Christ died for your sins and that he rose again from the dead, and all you have to do today is say, God, I believe that I'm a sinner. God, I know that you've sent your son Jesus to save me, and God, I'm placing my faith and my trust in you, Lord.
to save me today and God will save you. It's not that word-for-word prayer. So there's no magic prayer, but it's just that simple task of asking and believing. Today, hope is yours to have. Take it. Right where you sit today, take it. If this morning you'd say, Pastor, I'm in my seat and I'm praying for hope. I am I'm, I'm seeking that hope. I'm claiming that hope. And as I'm praying here in my seat, Pastor, would you pray for me? Anybody like that today? Just slip your hand up and slip it back down. we thank you for the hope that you offer God help us today to claim it Lord to follow you to trust you to lean on you and not our own understanding God we put our trust in you help us we are in a time where the world is hopeless and God help us to always stand on the hope of Jesus Christ help us Lord we need it we pray this in Jesus name amen Thank you for your good attention this morning. We'll be back at 1 o'clock this afternoon. We're just talking about Jesus today, and so hope that you will uh, be with us at 1 o'clock today for that. And we are going to take a break, maybe in a second. The floor is yours. So, uh, I'm going to turn off the recording. Yeah.